from Eat Drink Fun. This is the Eat Drink Fun podcast. I'm Chris Miller. Hi, and welcome back. This episode is about one of my favorite events of all time, which is an amateur ski race that also offers guests incredible gastronomy, local beers, wines, spirits, and thumping parties in one of the most beautiful places you can imagine. It's called the White Ring Race, or Der Weiße Ring in German. To serve as our guide, I interviewed Andrea Röckendorfer, who leads event management for the Lechtsuers Tourism Board. Our conversation begins with the White Ring, but we also delve into a few other exceptional food and wine events that are held in Lech throughout the year. The Ring takes place every January, in mid-January, in Austria. And if you know me, Lech is my favorite place to ski in the world, for a host of reasons. The concept of the race is similar to a half marathon, but it's obviously a lot more fun because you are on skis or a snowboard. In fact, the race circuit is 22 kilometers long. That's 13.6 miles, which is just over a half marathon distance. If you're a racer, you get a bib with your number and a timing chip. There's all kinds of sponsor flair. Of course, you get sausages and beers after the race, and you get access to these really cool parties. The race circuit brings you over several peaks, three valleys, you get on multiple lifts, and it's over 5,500 meters in elevation change. That's three and a half miles up and down. The event is for amateur skiers. That's good intermediate skiers and above, and it's limited to only a thousand people. That's to keep it safe and exclusive. The race is recorded by Austrian TV, and it's streamed online. There are race photographers and videographers, both stationary and skiing the course with you. And, of course, there's helicopters and drones filming the race from above. It is, honestly, a superbly executed high-end event, and it only costs about 100 bucks to enter. After the race, it's all about the parties. Multiple chalet huts host racers and fans all afternoon and well into the night. In fact, some of my best ski memories include bar hopping on skis with a headlamp torch on my head, going from the top of the mountain at Baumalp to Schlegelkopf to Rudalpe, and then ending at the Schneckerei under a full moon. If this sounds like a fun adventure to you, please reach out at Eat Drink Fun. I'd love to help you incorporate the white ring into your Austrian holiday. And without further ado, let's get to the interview with Andrea. Thank you again. I'm speaking today with Andrea Rückendorfer, who is the head of entertainment for Lechtsuers Tourism. Uh, thank you very much. Um, I want to begin by just asking, what is your job and what do you do with the tourism board and, and what are your responsibilities? <laughs> so thank you for having me, Chris. I'm happy to talk to you today. Um, yeah, my job is actually quite cool. <laughs> As you said, I'm the head of entertainment. Yeah, it's a, uh, sounds tough. <laughs> sounds tough. <laughs> and when I'm sure it is a tough job, but it's <laughs> it also sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, it is. You organize a lot. You plan really cool events. You have cool partners, cool sponsors. We're planning like events from, yeah, 15 people to like Weiser Ring to up to a thousand people and every event for itself is like so much fun. It's not, we have no uh, preference for uh, smaller or bigger events because each event is like something unique and we love that. <laughs> I mean, the White Ring, of course, is the main sort of 
thing I wanted to talk about today mm -hmm. because that's an event that I myself and my friends now have participated in um, for several years. Sometimes it doesn't happen because we get too much snow. Sometimes <laughs> it gets abbreviated because this, you know, it's it can be tough in January and tricky. Um, but this is a really huge event, right? You have over uh, 1,000 skiers, mm -hmm. and it's an amateur event. Um, but it's it's well, I'll let you explain it. Um, if you can kind of distill what is what is the Weissering, what is the framework for how it works, and, and what do you expect if you're going to participate or be a racer? Mm -hmm. As you said, Weissering, uh, the race is for amateurs, and we, yeah, we want to make it like a, a race for professionals. Because, yeah, you have to get the feeling like you are on World Cup races. <laughs> there are helicopters. We are filming with drones. We are filming at the lifts. We are doing like professional timing. Um, yeah. And in total, you are doing 22 kilometers and over 5,000 meters of vertical meters. And yeah, it's like super, yeah, super exhausting. I think, I think it's if you do it in race mode, it's like super <laughs> exhausting. There are others that, yeah, take it a bit easier. But I think if you do it in race mode, you have to get your legs like really <laughs> and <that's> big. <laughs> it is one of the things I love about it because there are people who are obviously exceptional skiers. Mm -hmm. You have locals who are almost legends, I would say, uh, who participate, but you also attract people from, from all over Austria, from all over Germany. And, you know, we're participating from the United States. So there, there are, you know, international people who come and, and participate, but, um, it is for everybody. You don't have to be, you know, the best skier. It's mostly on, on intermediate trails, right? So mm -hmm. if you have a, a, an intermediate or high intermediate ski level, you can do it. You can participate, right? Yeah. But you get a bib, as you say, a race bib. Mm -hmm. You get a number. It has a chip in it. You go through the gates and, you know, they mark your time. So it's, you know, I never raced as a, as a skier. I, I love skiing. I've skied since I was about four years old, but I, you know, this is the first time that I've actually got to wear a bib and it is amazing. You yeah, have you helicopters, get, like you said, and, you know. Yeah, you get in the mode and that's what we want to, to do to, to get the racers experience something like a World Cup because there are no, no races for hobby skiers like this. Some of them are like, they have like really uh, short races, but we are like a long race and yeah, it's, it's, Cool. I think if you are like a hobby skier, you set your goal, you know, okay, next year I'm going for the right ring. And then you are preparing yourself and you are training. And yeah, I think motivation is everything. <laughs> it is. I wish we had trained more because as you mentioned, <laughs> the exhausting part, when you begin the race for context, you have to walk up a hill for mm -hmm. about 20 meters. So about 50 feet, you're starting the race in walk mode. And you're just, you know, some people, if they're on snowboard, they unclip and they run up the hill and put their snowboard on. But if you're a skier, it's a good enough hill that you can kind of skate up it and you get to the top and you're absolutely winning. <laughs> and then you go into your tuck and you're basically yeah. in a tuck for the next several hundred meters. Yeah. 
and racing and it's uh it's so much fun i know they've changed the format a little bit this year mm-hmm. in that we're going two by two as opposed to there was used to be every minute and a half there was a release of yeah. like 20 skiers but it's good because then you're under pressure because if you are just two you just really go 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 and mm-hmm. if you are in the group you think okay this one is going before me because maybe it will be too exhausting but if you're two you just have to beat <laughs> it's true i also have to imagine it's probably a little bit safer too because sometimes people are stepping on someone else and stuff like that because everyone's (laughs) hustling to try to get up the hill and whatnot but you know it's interesting so when i did this race years ago um i remember some people they used to wear like the full ski suit like Mm -hmm. the spandex and all that stuff and i know they did change over the years the race has evolved a bit and they've changed some rules because it is at its heart supposed to be an amateur race right yeah. so to get people all in uh in a full race uniform and everything like that you know it, it can be maybe challenging i don't know if yeah and as you said we think that it's for hobby skiers and not for like professional skiers and so we said please wear like a normal skiing suit and not a race suit and we have yeah some regulations how thick your um jacket has to be and yeah i think it's it's a bit yeah you have to get down to earth and it's about skiing and it's a not it's not like a kind of material thing because some people think that if they wax their skis in between it would be better and yeah uh, <laughs> you know <laughs> they are just kind of yeah super motivated people right. <laughs> and the others which are a bit more down to earth <laughs> But it's nice. I mean, I'll be honest with you. So we have some, you know, very intermediate skiers on our team and we have, you know, some folks who've been skiing a very long time. So it's a nice mixture, men and women. So, mm-hmm. it, you know, this is a co-ed race. I know in the last few years, which is very nice, uh, you've updated some lifts in the area. So that makes it like the going to the Madlock. So mm-hmm. let me just orient the race. So you begin above Lech at the top of the Rufikopf, right? Mm-hmm. Which is uh, one the mountain sort of on the southern eastern side of, of Lech. You ski down to Schutboden, down lift. to Schutboden, right? And then you take uh, this uh, tow bar up a little bit, which sometimes is not everyone's favorite, mm-hmm. but you, you do it and then you ski all the way down into Tsuas. Mm-hmm. And then you go from Tsuas all the way up and then across and you ski the Madloch and then you end up in Zug. And then from Zug, there's a new bahn that goes up to Balmalp. Mm-hmm. And from and that's above, like, near the near the Kriegerhorn. And from there, it's a straight sort of blitz all the way back down into Lech. So in total, 27 kilometers? 22. So? 22, mm-hmm. okay. And over 5,000 vertical meters. <laughs> yeah. So it takes the best, you know, the waning skiers, what, about a little less than an hour, yeah? They, they mm-hmm. finish in... And a little less than in one hour, we have the first people here again, yeah. Yeah. And then sort of the last people, I mean, again, there are there are a mixture of ability levels, so maybe an hour and a half or something like that, and we're usually done with the Around race Around it, yeah. Like yeah. Around it. And so what's nice is now you stream it too. So I guess, you know, you can look back and there's a great video that actually one of the cameramen was was following my wife last year. So we had some great video. Yeah, I know. It was really fun. It was cool. I should begin with at the beginning and say, you know, what is the history? When did this start? When did this idea begin or form mm-hmm. uh, the white ring idea itself not from the race but the white ring as a round because you can ski it like every day in our skiing resort 
um, began like really early, so 1930 and something in the 1930s. They built like kind of the first lift uh, in Austria, so it was like really, really the first one. And um, they started building more lifts. And in uh, the 50s, they closed the white ring, the 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 whole track mm-hmm. with the lifts they had. And um, then the idea came from Schialberg, um that they could uh, celebrate the 50 years of Weiser Ring uh, with a race. And then in 2005-06, it was the winter 5-6, um, they had the idea that we celebrate the Weiser Ring with a race. And that was the first time we did the race. And from there on, we did it uh, every year. Uh, in the beginning, it was in December, and then we quickly moved to January because, yeah, it's it's better in January to have like all the snow here and the preparations. So we started to in a celebration form, and we celebrate every year now. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an annual pilgrimage. I mean, I love yeah. I love this thing. I come back. I come and back for, every also year. for our for our accommodations, it's like a fixed uh, fixed day, and they plan all year round the Weiser Ring and also the our ski huts they just love it because yeah it's always party they see the racers they are here beforehand because as you said you are coming from the united states and we have like 24 nations coming here and they just don't come for saturday they come for the whole week they are training and on thursday we have uh in the past we had the speed race and now we have remo's team challenge from our sponsor and yeah, it's just so much fun. And you have the whole week as a Weisering week. <laughs> yeah, make a whole week out of it. Could you briefly explain the the Remus, the team challenge and and what is that and, and what's the purpose? Mm-hmm. So last year, it was the first year we did the Remus team challenge. Um, it's uh, a race at the Flexen Arena where we do the World Cup race uh, in Zürs. Um, we are doing a slalom, but a Big slalom? Giant slalom. Giant slalom. Yeah. Um, GS, yeah. GS with our racers. And at the Remus Team Challenge, as it says, uh, they are just allowed to be teams. So our team members have the possibility to um, have a better starting place on Saturday, which is like really important um, because the earlier you start, the better your track is, the the better skiers are around you, you have to say, because that's also something that is like really important that you don't have someone in front of you who is like kind of slow or a bit like insecure. It's, it's a safety issue yeah. again, yeah. So yeah, the fastest people get the chance to see to start like who starts yeah. at the front of the pack and those yeah. people are usually gone. You never see them. Yeah, they're just yeah. off and <laughs> gone. But yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's so it's true. a speed, it's it used to it's be a, a speed, speed challenge, yeah. but yeah, okay, it's a speed race. Mm-hmm. I know they used to do like a straight line speed, mm-hmm. but you've now modified that to yeah. the GS. Yeah, track. it's like a really big GS. So I think we have like kind of four or five um yeah, to gates. See. Gates yeah. where you what you have to pass, but yeah, it's like a shorter trick. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. You also mentioned the huts and <laughs> the parties. And this is something that I think is to me is so typically Austrian and the reason why it distinguishes this place from other places. Because you can go after the race and have a good time and party on the huts. Could you explain a little bit about that and, and what that program is about? 
Um, yeah, we we also have a name for that. It's like Weissering the Night. <laughs> Because, yeah, it's also important. You you have successfully skied your race and afterwards you want to make a bit of a party and our partner huts, they are doing like um, parties with live music or they have a DJ and, you know, the teams always book uh, beforehand their their preferred hat and they are just going there and yeah it's just so much fun and yeah you have all the possibilities you can also start like at the very top in Palmalp and then you go down to Schlegelkopf uh, and then you go down to Rutalp and if you can you just go into Schneckerei <laughs> yep. and it's it's so funny because you can make like a kind of yeah <laughs> it's a I'll put it bluntly it's a nighttime ski tour because yeah. by the time they shut down Palmalp which is the mm -hmm. top it's often dark and yeah. people bring torches and you go with your group and you ski in the dark with your torches down to the middle station to Schlegelkopf. There's usually a DJ there and the party goes on. And then from there you can go down to right above the valley floor to Rudalpe and make another party. And then if you can get down to Schneegerai, it's there. So it's like this little safari that you can do. And, you know, uh, Needless to say, this would be a very difficult thing to try to pull off uh, in the United States, but it works incredibly well here, and it's so much fun. Um, yeah, it's also for for our partners in the huts. They they say it's like the best night because everyone is in good mood, and you know there are like really good skiers there, and for them it's also like something. Yeah, they they like it a lot, and for them it's also a kind of a party. Yeah. So actually, we'll transition a little bit now. And we have, mm -hmm. that reminds me, we mm -hmm. have two glasses of Grüne Feldliner in front of us. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. I asked Andrea what um, what she preferred to drink. And of course, you said as a good Austrian, you're a fan <laughs> of Grüne Feldliner. So. I'm a Grüvi girl. You know, it's like Grüvi is, for, is our shortcut for Grüne Feldliner. Grüvi, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's delicious wine. I love it. Um, so... Let's maybe pivot and talk about the wine events because mm -hmm. this is something you said is a relatively recent event here. Is uh, a wine focus. Mm -hmm. Why don't you give us some some background on that? Mm -hmm. The event is called Alberg Weinberg. Um, it's translated like kind of Alberg, like the mountain, and the vineyard is for us also kind of a mountain in the world. So it's like Alberg Vineyard. And it's like a rhyme <laughs> in German. So that's why we call it like this. And yeah, we are doing this event now in the seventh year, but we have transformed it a bit in the last two years. Um, our focus is clearly on culinary events, also on wine and that also the um, winemakers are coming here to our region and stay in the hotels, in the restaurants and that they do some kind of explanations for the guests. And this year, um, we have the first year where we had this expert focus where we have like wine producers, but also like very known, uh, people from the wine, uh, world, like Chances Robinson was here and Nick Landa. And wow. yeah, it was like amazing from our perspective. What, what's the press perspective? <laughs> yeah. And they were here and we were doing a Blaufränkisch summit. Um, Blaufränkisch is, uh, um, Wine. It's a red wine, uh, a, a red, red grape. Wine, red I think in Germany, uh, often you see it as Lemberger, mm -hmm. but uh, they're the same grape. Yeah. 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 And it's a delicious wine, kind of um, sour cherries and some red fruits, and, you know, in a warm 
vintage. It can be quite a powerful wine, mm-hmm. you know, 13 and a half, 14 yeah. percent delicious wine. Great with game and, mm. you know, some of the things that you eat here up in the mountains. So. Yeah. So you did a Lemberger focus this past, or a, a Blaufränkisch. A Blaufränkisch summit, yeah. We had experts um, from winemakers and also Mrs. Robinson and everyone here, and they were talking about um, the the grape varieties, also the um, regions where it comes from. It comes also a bit from Hungary, and yeah, they talked about how we can make it like more popular because Blaufränkisch in Austria is often a bit underrated, let's say. Um, but it's like a good wine, as you said, you can store it like for really long. Um, and yeah, they did analysis like on a really high level. And in some weeks we should receive the outcomes of that. And yeah, this was on one day. And yeah, on the other days we also had like masterclasses for our sommeliers, because as you know, in Lech Zürs, we have a lot of very good wine sellers. And of course they have very good wine sommeliers. And we had some masterclasses, not just, also we had one champagne masterclass, which right. was like really cool with Sascha Speicher and the STK masterclass where we had all uh, winemakers from Styria, which are in the STK region here. And they were explaining the sommeliers, their newest wines and uh, talking about storying and everything. So it was also very interesting. Um, and what was like, uh, super, uh, interesting was, um, Willy Baljanuk. Um, he is a wine expert. He's doing, um, analysis of wines for, I don't know, Gomio, Falsta, for everyone. Um, and he was talking about how he analyzes a wine as a wine critic. So That's it, fascinating, it yeah. was so cool. They we were a group and everyone got like, I think five to six wines and he was describing it as he, he, sh- uh, he was giving the points because in Austria you give like up to 100 points at Falstaff. And, um, then he was always giving the points and explaining why it's like 95 points or 92 points and how much time it still needs. And yeah, you learn so much. And yeah, it's interesting for everyone. <laughs> that sounds like a really, really fantastic event. So obviously they're planning on doing that again yeah. next year. Willy will future. always come because Willy is, is yeah. <laughs> super fan of <laughs> Albert Weinberg. And yeah, he's also moderating, which is also a very important event of uh, Albert Weinberg, the Best Bottle Award. Mm-hmm. I think it's now the third or fourth time already we did the Best Bottle Award. Um, the idea behind it is that um, we define a grape uh, or we deci- for this year we decided for champagne because the champagne is, mm-hmm. no, is no grape. And uh, our wine sommeliers from Lech and Zürs, they will... Uh, they Are they want, blind they, tasting? No, or? they nominate a bottle from their, um, from their wine cellar. And they say, this is my best bottle. And then we have uh, 12 bottles and we are doing a blind tasting on them with experts and also the sommeliers themselves. And um, then we decide for the best bottle. So we just give uh, also the 90 up to 100 points. And then Willy Baljanuk uh, is doing the moderation. And yeah, and so we decide for the best bottle. And then you get the prize. It's like always like an artist's prize with a very nice bottle. And you can place that in your hotel if you win the prize. <laughs> that sounds 
Again, that sounds like such an interesting event. That's fantastic. So if people are coming here and you have this wine program, perhaps can you maybe mention or recommend some of those hotels that are participating or, you know, if they're looking, okay, which ones are actually on the panel? Which one should I be looking out for? Which so if you if you want like a low-based entry to Alberg Weinberg, I always recommend the Köstlicher Ring. It's like a culinary slalom. And um, we are going in four groups, in four hotels. It's Hotel Post, Hotel Alberg, Hotel Krone and Berghof. And each of the hotels has a, a focus of a country. And they say, yeah, for here it's Austria and the next one it's Italy. Then you have like Australian wines and they, and you, and the winemakers are always there. They do the explanation to you. You always taste two wines per winemaker. So it's like four wines per hotel and you get, uh, tiny foods, um, maybe on culinary spoons, for example, uh, which fit to the topic. And then you go, then you move on. So you have one hour in every hotel and then your group moves on again. And yeah, you can decide which country you liked most or which wine you liked most. And it's like super interesting because last year, for example, Hotel Alberg did Switzerland and Switzerland is like not known for wine so much. But hey, we had so interesting wines and we had so nice food and we were in their wooden uh, restaurant and yeah, it was like super cool uh, experience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there are some serious, serious wines in the Laval region mm. and, and other parts of Switzerland, but you're absolutely yeah. right that it's not necessarily the first country that comes to mind when you think of, of, of winemaking. Yeah. So that's great that they focused on that. When does that event happen? Usually. Alberg Weinberg is always like in, yeah, the first two or week two and three of December. So it's okay. like either week one and two or week two and three, depending on how the festivities fall. But yeah, always around it. We have something similar. Um, it's always since this year. Um, it's called Glasweise. Um, this means, uh, translated that you get something by glass and we had this this year it's like kind of a ski pass for wine lovers we have uh six stations in lech and zürs uh, where you can drink always one glass of a special wine so you get like one glass of chateau neuf du pub and you don't need to buy the whole bottle or you get like really rare uh grüner weltliner smaragd like 1996 you know, it's mm -hmm. like super, super rare bottles, which you get by glass. So you buy this uh, skiing pass or wine pass right. and you go with your pass and then you uh, get a stamp in it when you drink your glass. And we can make that for the whole two weeks because um, we have this Coravin uh, wine system right. where you always can uh, remove just one uh, glass out of the bottle without um, putting out the cork right. of it. The Coravin system with a needle that, that pierces the cork and can extract a, a small portion of wine at a time and you don't spoil the wine. So with that system, you can prob, you know, sample very old wines or yeah. very, um, you know, very fine wines where you don't necessarily want to pull the cork. That's great. So, yeah. and that's during the Weinberg event. Mm -hmm. So the two weeks. Yeah. During all days, you can experience that also at Hagen where you go today. Yep. <laughs> yep. They also have the Coravin. So it's like really cool. Yeah. And 
it's Let's you can do it all the time so in the mountain in the huts you have to go while there is skiing um possible but in the town there are also some restaurants where you can go with your pass and yeah you can do that like all week long <laughs> perfect perfect so i want to give you the opportunity what other events even in summer um are you planning or or are you putting on that you know because like is uh is great in that regard. You you have things all year round, right? I mean, you have the golf course, you have uh, cycling, you have hiking, you have all these things. What is there anything that you'd like to maybe highlight or, or mention from a from an event perspective? Actually, we love all of our events. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, in summer we have more smaller events, let's say. But um, we are focusing on our yeah on developing our summer as well. So we are doing two trail running events. Um, the one is the Dynafit Transalpine Run, where also there are a lot of people coming from the United States to run uh, like this one week run. And yeah. We are starting point at the Dunafit Transalpine Run. So it's like really special for us. We have all 900 trail runners here in our village. And yeah, it's like super much fun and yeah, mountain lovers. And yeah. So, so like a speed trail run, where are they, where do they start and then where do they end up? They start here in Lechzurs mm -hmm. and then they go to St. Anton and then they go over the mountains. And in the end, they end up in Italy and the village is called Prat. Wow. Mm hmm. So they are going for one week, like thousands of vertical meters and yeah, 100, hundreds of kilometers. So it's like, yeah, super fit people. Super fit, I would yeah. say. Yeah. And we have, um, the pendant to white ring, uh, in winter. We have white ring in summer. The a trail running yeah. event, event oh, okay. yeah. yeah. And um, we go in the other direction. So we go straight up to Oberlech and then we go over the Kriegerhorn back to Zug, up to Matloch again, Zürs, and we come down from Rüffikopf again straight into Lech. So that's our summer pendant to White Ring in winter. And yeah, it's like super funny and we have some people that uh just go for the trail running not because they're trail runner but they want to see that in summer how it looks how the landscape develops and yeah for them it's like super interesting <laughs> it's, it's a gorgeous place to hike in the summertime and yeah. i've been hiking and been passed by trail runners and it's um it's mind blowing how they're just hardly sweating. <laughs> and they're For me as well. I mean, I like hiking, but trail running is like, whoa, <laughs> next level. <laughs> it is next level. That's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. Actually, for every event, we have a maximum. Um, a cap, uh, right? Like, yeah. you, you, you have a cap on yeah, It's the same for Weiser Ring. I, can, right. I could do like 2,000 people going there, but we don't want it. It's, right. it's, there's always a maximum of it, and we want to focus on quality because, um, as you might know, or the event managers that are listening now, problems come with the amount of people. It's not yeah, like... <laughs> so yeah. if you're doing a kind of a festival with 100,000 people, that's not our thing. You know, we we attended a, a World Cup race mm. uh, a few years ago. It was over in Suez, and it was absolutely so well done. But it still was... Um, it, it wasn't too huge, right? Yeah. It was a, a community. People came, and you know, this is an FIS World yeah. Cup event. It's a big yeah. deal co compared to Kitzbühel. Kids this is nothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Kitzbühel so. gets uh, anywhere between well, usually around eighty thousand, but I think before the pandemic, they hit something like a hundred and thirty thousand mm. people for the Hunnicom, which is 
a lot of people for a little village. So, yeah. but these are great. And then you have, I know, yeah, you, you target these, these specific sort of niche groups that people love. Like I think you have a classic car event too in the mm -hmm. summer and things like this. So yeah, we have an old timer event, but for there it's the same. We have 100 teams maximum. We could do more because there's, for example, Sebretta Classic in Montafon, they take much more cars and much more teams, mm -hmm. but we don't want that. And for us, it's always, um, the quality focus also while the event, mm -hmm. um, for our 100 teams, we have restaurants that can do a high level, uh, culinary experience for them. And if you compare that to other, to other old timer rallies, you know, they're just going somewhere in like big, big self-service restaurants. Right. I mean, that doesn't fit. I want like yeah. super well done food. I want to have a gala dinner. And yeah, for us, it, it should always match. Of course. So the last thing I want to touch on is um, there is a new community center being mm -hmm. built. Uh, and I think it'll take still some time before it's fully finished and, and it's fully open. But maybe if you can kind of educate me on on what what will this place be and what kind of events will happen there? Mm -hmm. So the place we're building is two buildings. Um, one of the buildings is for our community itself. Um, so we will move there as well with our office. Very nice. Like super good. <laughs> and, um, the other building is, uh, is a kind of a mixed thing. It's called Lechwelten. Mm -hmm. And at the bottom, there is a concert hall, uh, where we can do everything. So it's like multifunctional. And, uh, in the other, yes. at the other floors, mm. um, there are rehearsal rooms for our muse, for our traditional music. Um, and yeah, you, we are sharing that rooms as well. And in the concert hall, we have like many possibilities. So we can have like conferences. We have, we can have classic concerts. We can have gala dinners. We can have uh, cabarets, for example. So yeah, we are. Very happy that we get um, a hall like this because um, although we have a lot of hotels, we have not a lot of capacities because from outside you always think, yeah, the hotels are very big, mm -hmm. but they are not compared like to other hotels in the rest of Austria. We have like super small mm. uh, yeah, infrastructure. Yeah, it's, it's limited capacity yeah. here. There, All the hotels are so well done. And, you know, I've always... Um, touted the the not only the infrastructure but just you know everyone every year is improving even just a little bit to modernize and it's this it looks rustic but it's so it's got these modern touches and and feels to it so but it's not you're not going to find a you know a 300 you know mm. room hotel here it's the hotels have 50 rooms maybe 20 rooms maybe even smaller than that and private chalets and things like that so it's you have limited capacity on what you can absorb right so when when will this new facility be available? When will it open? Um, we will open in summer twenty four. Mm -hmm. So uh, we still have one year to go. Um, we will open with a week of uh, a festival week. Let's say it like this, and we will show in this one week everything we can do. So we have a classic concert. We will have kind of motivational speakers, some smaller activities for the children. Um, yeah, we will show everything what we can That's great. <laughs> in this one week. And yeah, for us, it's 
yeah, so much easier after that. And in, in the hall we are sitting now, that's the biggest room we have in, in whole Lech and Zürs. It's for 150 people. Wow. Um, and that's where we can do our conferences. And if we want to get bigger, we have to move to our sports center, mm -hmm. which is from the ambiente, not like, so good, like in here. <laughs> yeah, we're si we're sitting in a very very cute room in the Hotel Post in Lech, uh, which has its own wonderful rich history. I mean, a hotel that you know royalty come and they stay at and whatnot. It's a very nice hotel, um, Relais Chateau, and yeah. So we have beautiful wood paneled walls, but yeah, you you wouldn't want to put more than a hundred people necessarily in this room. This is going to be a really nice you know, venue for you guys to to put on really yeah, and, nice programs. And the and it will be a meeting place because between the two buildings um there is like a square where you can just move around freely and you can go to the river and yeah you can experience like kind of a center character which we didn't have now but then we will have one. And in our building where our office is we also move move with our information tourist office there. And um, it will be kind of a village reception, we call it, because um, in there the, the community people also sit. So if you are like a local, you go there because you get your post, but you can also meet all the tourists that come and get some information. There will be a library in the floor, in the, in the main floor. And yeah, you just meet up with everyone. So wonderful. I think it will be like, yeah, the heart of Lech. <laughs> nice community center. I can't wait for that to happen. <laughs> well, again, Andrea, thank you so much thank for you. taking the time. Cheers. <laughs> and I wish you lots of success. And I wish my team success on Saturday during yeah. the White Ring race. And uh, I'm at the start. I will cheer. <laughs> thank you very much. Now, we hope to be back every year. This has been uh, such a special place for me. And, and uh, That's cool. I'm happy to share it. So thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that conversation. If you want to ski the white ring, I'd be happy to be your guide. You can email me at info at eatdrinkfun.com. Please check out the links in the show notes and at eatdrinkfun.com slash podcast slash EDF. Help EDF grow and become a true fan. Please like, subscribe, comment, rate, and review wherever you get your content. You can find us on YouTube, Instagram, X, formerly Twitter, and Facebook. Our handle is at eatdrinkfun. Thank you again to Andrea Rückendorfer and to the Lexus Tourismus team. Until next time, here's to eating well, drinking better, and always having fun. <laughs> <laughs>